Today on the show, we're talking about why you should use your credit card for everything. Welcome to the Simple Money Solutions Podcast, where we focus on your money from a Canadian perspective. This podcast is produced weekly and released every Monday. Show notes for every episode can be found at livelifesimple.ca. Now let's get on with the show. Hey everyone, I'm your host Courtney, and today I'm joined with my co-host Trevor. As mentioned in the introduction, today we're talking about why you should use your credit card for everything. That's right, everyone. We we are making a case for why you should use your credit card every time you go to buy something. So before we head into the article that we're focusing on today, I just want to prelude with the fact that yes, this concept does sound a little bit ridiculous, especially because we're Simple Money Solutions. And we are not advocates for credit cards. But stay tuned. We're going to go through this article. And as always, we're going to break it down so that we're on the same page about why we're even making a claim for this. So today's article is by Rob Carrick. We've featured him many times before. He's an incredible writer. This article is from the Globe and Mail. And it is entitled, The Case for Using Your Credit Card to Buy Everything. So in Rob Carrick's words, when cybersecurity expert Jennifer Fiden Green pays with plastic, it's always a credit card and never a debit card. Ms. Fiden Green is a forensic accountant at Grant Thornton LLP who investigates fraud. About 10 years ago, she was the victim of identity theft that involved mortgage fraud. She thought a lot about how to best protect herself from the impact of fraud and credit cards are her choice. I'm more comfortable with my credit card being compromised because the system is better set up to handle that. With the busiest shopping season of the year now at hand, we're going to be thinking a lot about how best to pay for our purchases. Cash presents no fraud risk, but it's not ideal to carry out a roll of bills around and then flash out when paying for things in a busy store. That leaves credit cards with their rewards points and debit cards with their very appealing immediacy in that the money comes out of your account right away. Ms. Fidan Green isn't faulting the banks for their fraud risks in paying purchases electronically. She's just realistic about the fact that such events occur, even if they're rare, and that anyone can be victimized. If it were to happen to her, she'd prefer it to be on a credit card transaction. If she finds an unauthorized purchase on her credit card statement, she can contact her card company to explain what happened and get the charge removed. She's never out of any money because if she's vigilant, the issue can be resolved before the due date of her monthly credit card payment. With a debit card, a fraud is only noticed when money is missing. Because of what I do, I've had so many people call me and say things like, there was a $3,000 charge that went through my account in debit card charges. Yes, I've got the money back, but it took two, over two and a half weeks. That period without access to that money really matters to some people. To be clear, the fraud risk Ms. Fiden Green is protecting herself from by using credit card is one of inconvenience, not of taking a financial hit. Interact offers this promise to users of its electronic payments network. You will not be liable for losses resulting from circumstances beyond your reasonable control while using Interact Debit, Interact Flash, cross-border debit, and Interact Online Service. This includes losses resulting from technical errors, system problems, or fraud. Interact says fraudulent transactions on its network amounted to 11.8 million in 2015, just 0.005% of the 347 billion total. As for credit cards, the Federal Financial Consumer Agency of Canada says that Visa and MasterCard have zero liability policies in case of unauthorized transactions, while American Express has a fraud protection guarantee. 
You're not protected against unauthorized transactions if you've showed someone your login and personal identification number. So don't share with anyone, spouses or significant others. Bad breakups can make people do stupid things. How can criminals get your card info if you're careful? The Canadian Bankers Association says debit fraud can happen when thieves skim the information off your card and catch your PIN, possibly by using a camera that records numbers you key in. Your personal information can also be snapped up when there's a data breach at a retailer or other place when you, where you do business. Indirect has in the past used a smart marketing strategy where it promoted debit as a more responsible way to pay for things because the transaction is done immediately and there is no credit card bill to pay later. Mrs. Fiden Green said she's adamant about paying her credit card bill in full every month. But if you can't trust yourself to do likewise, then the greater good is served by using your debit card or cash instead of credit. The other benefit to using credit is that you can earn rewards, potentially tons of them, if you pay for everything using your credit card. Ms. Fiden Green uses, herself uses a cashback credit card but says her main motivation for using credit is to protect herself from the inconvenience of being a fraud victim. Everywhere I can, I use my credit card. So again, that article in its totality is written by Rob Carrick and titled The Case for Using Your Credit Card to Buy Everything from the Globe and Mail. So Trevor, what was your initial reaction on this very, very interesting article? Well, when I, when I saw this article uh, in the Globe and Mail, and it was just, it, it was under Rob Carrick's name and it said, A Case for Using Credit Card for Everything. Knowing Rob Carrick's, uh, I read all his articles, and it really drew my attention because I was shocked he would advocate for credit cards or even any anything to do with credit. So uh, it it was a very intriguing title, and then it I was drawn to the article. And of course, knowing Rob Carrick, he 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 he's make he's not saying use credit. He's saying use credit cards. There's a big difference between those two. Even though you say there is a difference, I feel like that can be easily misinterpreted by 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 anyone. Oh, for sure. You have to just view this as a form of payment and and not you're, you're not really using the the credit aspect of the credit card if you are in fact paying your balances off every month. You're just using it as a form of payment. You, when you start using the credit aspect of it is when you start carrying balances over from month to month to month, then you're actually using somebody else's money. In essence, you're using credit. Do you think it's easy for consumers to think of a credit card like this? Or do you think the way they've been brainwashed to think about a credit card as something that does result in debt is something that's going to take maybe a while to instill from people's minds? Well, I, I think most Canadians are using it as a, as a form of credit, not as a form of, of a, not as a transaction payment form. A statistic I had read, uh, in Canada, for every dollar earned, a dollar sixty-five is owed. That would suggest people are using credit as opposed to cash for most of their transactions. Trevor, do you agree with this concept in general of using your credit card? Take away the safety aspect for a second, but do you agree with it using it for its perks, for for any other reason other than to use the credit that it provides? Well, given this the the self discipline required to use a credit card responsibly, if if you've overcome that hurdle. I think a credit card is a is a fabulous tool. It's it, it like the article says it's extremely low risk. Uh, there's perks to be had, and I utilize the perks. I pay for everything with my credit card wherever and whenever possible. But I've never, and I say never ever, carried a balance from one month to another on my credit card. I always clear my balance at the end of the month. So, Trevor, 
explain to our listeners how that works for you at your end. What what goes through your head when you're using your credit card? How do you make sure that never happens? Oh, I just have a routine where I actually go in and if I make a big purchase using my credit card, I'll actually go in and and pay that, make the payment on my credit card for that purchase before the bill comes due. But I, I just have a routine where I I go into my credit card account, I download my statement into an Excel file, I go through and verify every single transaction, and once I'm comfortable with it, I, I pay it before the due date so I don't run the risk of ever incurring interest charges. And uh, it's just a routine I, I've got. I know when the when the statement's available, I, I know when the bill's due, and it, I just have a routine I go through. Trevor, I know reconciling a, a credit card statement may seem like a very basic concept, but I think in the future, this would be a great tutorial, a web, maybe a web tutorial for our listeners that they could see how this is done if they've never done this before and they want to get better on track. So do you think this is something that maybe we could post or that we'd show to our listeners in the future if we ever decided to do that? Uh, definitely. You know, reconciling has, is a very vague term and it can mean a lot of things to a lot of people. Uh, reconciling for me is a very involved process where I I save all my receipts for my purchases. I match them against what I see on my statement. And then I, uh, I once I pay that that bill, I, I, I have a ledger. I, I, I've created a spreadsheet where I keep track of my finance, my, my, my credit card transactions. And I'll put an arbor site each one identifying as, as reconciled. And then uh, later when I've actually paid it, I'll I'll put a C beside each, meaning it's been cleared or paid. But uh, everyone will have their own system. But reconciling, I, I think, is a pretty vague term. But, I mean, really, it's it's going in and verifying each transaction is actually legitimate. Perfect. And, listeners, if this is something that you have more questions about, if you'd like to see a tutorial done by Trevor, leave us a comment and let us know, and we'd love to make this available to you. So, Trevor, I just want to clarify. So what you're saying is that you use your credit card as if essentially it was your debit card. Is that correct? That is, yeah. And it's actually, if you can use your credit card for everything, then you only have one uh, point of reconciliation or one point uh, uh, of transactions to con- to verify. If you use your debit card for half your transaction and maybe multiple credit cards for you know uh, different transactions, then you've got multiple statements to reconcile, multiple transactions to look after. So if you can use your credit card for everything or as much as possible everything, then you, you, you're down to, you know, really focusing on one a credit card statement instead of, a, you know, your, your debit card statement in multiple credit cards. You, you can just streamline the whole process by just focusing on one form of payment. Trevor, would that be the main benefit or reason you'd advocate for using your credit card for everything? Or is perks pretty high up there for you as well? I'm not. I, we do get perks, and I, I'm not going to downplay them. They 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 do add up for sure. If you can use your credit card for, again for your your everyday purchases, you can really build up like a, a lot of a lot of perks and points. Depending on you know we I know, I was using my Canadian Tire credit card to buy gas, and I I ended up being able to buy a lawnmower with the points I had accumulated. Which, so I, basically, I got a free lawnmower for buying gas at Canadian Tire. That's a pretty good perk. You know, probably saved me three hundred dollars. I really think I know a few people that have been burned by fraudulent activity on their bank accounts due to their their uh, using their debit card and uh, their, their PIN number become becoming compromised. So I, I actually know people this has happened to. So 
I use my credit card more from uh, a fraud safety net than than anything. And I've actually found uh, charges on my credit card that were not legit, called the credit card company and had them reversed and and moved on. So it's it works. Because like this article said, the credit card companies are set up to operate like that. Well, you know, you, you can't forget that I'm a customer of the credit card company and so is the merchant a customer of the credit card company because the merchant's paying a fee uh, to to use uh, credit card transactions in their store. And uh, I use the card, so I'm a customer of the of that credit card company. So we're both customers and they're, they're trying to look after both of us. Oh, for sure, Trevor. That's definitely, bar- that's a valid point. You, are, I guess because if you do look at it, who's really in business for you to bank with them? I mean, yeah, you the, the bank obviously wants your business so that maybe you do investments through them or your, or other things, but they're not as in business as the credit cards and the merchants. Well, with a bank, uh, you know, they'll, they, they're charging you as a customer uh, per transaction a lot of times uh, with you when you use your debit card. And the merchant is paying a fee to interact when, when, when customers use uh, their, their, you know, do an interact transaction. So I'm sure the bank's making money in, in this somewhere, but I think the credit card companies are the ones uh, who are really uh, making a killing when, when people use their credit cards. Oh, definitely. I do want to, I just want to ask you a question and, make, and hopefully make a point to our listeners. Where along the spectrum is the line that you would draw for a listener, depending on their relationship with credit? How, who, who, what does a listener look like who maybe should utilize this, this strategy? And what listener, where's that fine line where if the listener's over that line, maybe they should keep just using cash or take the chance with debit? Well, the, this, this uh, article does say that if somebody is struggling with uh, their ability to use credit responsibly, uh, the, the cost, the, the risk of using uh, their debit card is far less than the risk of using credit. So I, I think anybody who's had recent credit problems or uh, is currently has a credit card balance, uh, I'm saying in the big picture, they're probably better off rolling the dice and using their inter- their debit card and, and 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 running the risk of a fraudulent transaction happening rather than g- digging a huge deep hole to, of credit card debt that they, they may never get out of. Trevor, now I want to come from the perspective of our younger listener who m- maybe has never owned a credit card before starting in their professional life. At what age do you start taking up this mentality of using your credit card as a debit card? And what age do you recommend? Maybe not age. How, well, how would you find the perfect time for our listener to take up the strategy? Well, it, you know, it's pretty hard to get by without a credit card in society today. I mean, if you want to reserve a hotel room, if you want to buy a book off of Amazon, if you want to have an iTunes account, uh, all these things require a credit card. So it, it makes it pretty difficult to to live without a credit card of some kind. Trevor, I, I'm I'm coming from the perspective of if the the listener maybe is not comfortable using a credit card. Well, I think you you in our society you have to become comfortable using credit card. You know, just the things I described; those are everyday activities for a lot of people. Uh, if if you have a Netflix account, I'm not saying you can't pay for these another way, but they're designed to be paid for this, you know, through a credit card. They, they, that's the f- the first 
form of payment they're they're requesting. And I I just I mean if you want to go to a concert, you want to buy tickets to to a concert, any of these things without a credit card, you're kind of you're kind of stumped. So I I think you need to uh, become responsible with credit cards to function in society today. But the best tip I can say is if you don't trust yourself, as soon as you make a purchase with a credit card, you can go in and, and pay that that purchase off. You know, do a bank transfer from your bank account to your credit card account for that exact amount. As you make a purchase, pay it off. You know, just... Just it's not credit; it's just a form of payment. So just go go into your bank account, do a transfer to your credit card account, and then you're done. How long have you been operating under this system, though? Like, at what age, um, or what was the inspiration behind operating this way? Yeah, I, pr- I probably started this when the when all the perks really started coming out. I mean, perks weren't always a thing on credit cards. That's a I'll say a relatively new concept. So when the perks started, uh, it, it was it's just very hard to ignore some of those perks. Like I mentioned, I got a lot more for free. We also use President's Choice Financial, that credit card, for our groceries. And, you know, I think maybe three times a year we go grocery shopping for free because we have accumulated so many points just from buying groceries using our credit card. So it's, um, so I I would say I've probably been doing this for, I'll say, 10, maybe 15 years. And again, if you look at it from that way, if you were going to pay for that gas with your debit card or you were going to pay for that that grocery load with your debit card because you have the money either way, why not pay for it on your credit card and get those points? It's it's essentially, if you look at it, you're throwing away free money if you spin it that way. Oh, definitely. But again, it ta- you have to be that disciplined person. You're not going to abuse the credit. It's just a form of payment. It's not credit. So you know, pay- paying off that, that balance every month is the key to f- this working. Otherwise... What have you gained in points? You're going to spend twice as much paying interest. You know, in fact, the whole premise behind these perks, the, the, the way these credit card companies can, can afford to offer these perks is the people that are carrying balances and paying interest on their balances. Oh, that, yeah. That's, so we, we that's see what, people abusing this. That's what funds the perk program is the people not paying off the balance. If everybody all of a sudden never carried a balance, I guarantee you the perks would, would disappear. They they. they it, it just the company couldn't afford to keep offering them. So it does go to show that a lot of people do end up abusing abusing this system. That I mean, it does look flawless on paper. It looks like it should work. Well, it only um, it only works when people uh, actually carry a balance and pay their twenty four percent interest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which yeah, that's that is another topic all aside. Trevor, before reading this article though, is this something that the concept of you using your credit card? as a debit card, because I know we, we were talking before this, we started recording today and you said you've been doing this for a while. So has this before reading, reading this article, was it ever something you're like, Hey, like I wonder how many other people do this or did it just phase you as normal? I don't know. I, I, you, when you, so when you see people, other people, friends, people in a store using credit card, you have no idea if they're using it as a form of payment or as a form of credit. So to say, is it normal? Again, I think most people are using it as a form of credit, unfortunately. So I, I think using it just as a form of, of payment is probably not the norm. Ba- based on that statistic, for every dollar earned, a dollar sixty-five is owed. Oh, definitely. And Trevor, do you think using, because you, you said you've been doing this for a while, do you think using, plugging out your credit card for every purchase, do you think that impacted the way your children maybe saw you and, uh, and, your, and your spouse using credit? 
Well, you know, a lot of people say, you know, you've got to teach your kids uh, the value of a dollar, you know, have them spend cash. I think that's old school thinking. Uh, I know somebody I work with, they were saying their their kids didn't know how to write a check. And, and they thought that they were horrible as a parent. They let their kids down. They, they couldn't even write a check. I think checks are, are an outdated form of payment. And 10 years from now, they, they won't even exist. Uh, I think people need to learn how to be like now you have Apple Pay like I have it on my phone I can just pay with my phone people are going to have to learn how to use credit credit cards as a form of payment responsibly to function in society because that's where it's going we are going to a cashless society it's going to happen the the cost of of maintaining maintaining a, a cash system is is going to become astronomical so it, it is going to be the sooner people can use it responsibly the, the, and adapt, the better off we'll be. So Trevor, is this something that you are promoting with your own children to use credit as you use it? Or are you, are you like, how, how much are you pushing that in your children's lives? Well, I send all my kids off to school with uh, a credit card of mine. So it's, in, it's a credit card in my name that they use. And that is a tool for me to um, pay for things that I've agreed to pay for on their behalf. So that that's all it is. They, as far as I know, they don't have their own credit cards, and they're using their debit cards to finance the rest of their lives. So I, I think they're they're not using credit other than if it's something I've agreed to pay for, and it's my credit card. So they they haven't adapted, or they're not they're not there yet. But nor should they be. They don't earn an income. So I think somebody not having an income should should never have a credit card. That's just too risky. I really want to I want to backtrack here, Trevor. Well, let, I really like. Let, let me back up and ask. How do you pay for everything? What what form of payment do you use? I use debit, right? I use debit just because I don't think I've yet developed the self-discipline to pay things off on on a credit card. I mean, I do have a credit card, but I I personally, I'm not quite there yet. And I think, so that's why I'm asking these questions because I think it's such a skill to be able to pay off credit cards on time. I know it's a basic skill that you have to master if you have a credit card, but it's uh, it's definitely something that you uh, takes way more self discipline than than would appear. Well, you know, there's one thing we we've talked about in previous shows. A thing I refer to as transaction friction, and ca- a form of cash payment is the greatest transaction friction. Meaning, you have to actually pull cash out and and, and watch it leave your hand. And Amazon one click uh, buy is the is probably the least amount of transaction friction that exists or when you buy an app in the app store for your phone there's almost zero transaction friction so a credit card because you don't see your bank balance be reduced it it lacks transaction friction and that's where the the self-discipline becomes susceptible oh for sure i mean as a student i hear so many endless stories of debt going wrong because I, because people do not know how to use their credit cards. So I have taken a very cautious approach to credit cards because of that. But it's, uh, it's, it's amazing to hear how credit cards are being used by, by others. So I, I think honestly, Trevor, I think there's a stigma around credit cards in general that you're afraid to use it because it doesn't lead to good places. So I think honestly, this article is really pushing forward the idea that no credit cards are a good thing if used in the right way. Yeah, that's the key if used in the right way. And like I said, the, the, she does say in her article that 
if you lack that self-discipline, you're far better to roll the dice on, on fraudulent activity on your debit card. Oh, for sure. I want to sidetrack back to a previous comment you made that I think is really excellent. In it, it, this is directly re- related to this article, but you haven't mentioned this before, and I think this is would be fabulous for our listeners to hear. But so y- you give each of your children a credit card. Uh, is it so it's attached to your account? And so how does that work? And do you promote this? Do you recommend this as a strategy for our listeners? Well, no. It depends on your on your children and and their. Uh... They're like, so what it requires a lot of effort on my part because I, I monitor uh, their transactions through my credit card statements and I, I've agreed to pay for certain things and when I see something other than what I've agreed to, I'll pick up the phone and say, you know, what's this about? And I've, I'll, ca- I'll occasionally see them use the credit card for a personal purchase, one, like I'll say to buy clothes and then they'll, I'll, I'll see on that same statement where they actually paid that amount back and that's okay. But there, if anything, when I see that, I see, I, I see that they understand how to use a credit card. So they've used it to make a purchase that I didn't agree to pay for. But I also seen that they went in and, and paid that amount off on the credit card. And to me, that's, if that's a great skill, a great habit to develop. So I, when I see that, I, I put, it brings a smile to my face. It almost reminds me of a more sheltered version of this article in that it happens in a structured environment where you oh, you do have the ultimate control over making sure it gets paid, but you can teach your kids in a very safe and sheltered environment how you should use a credit card. So I think it's an amazing strategy if your kids have the self-discipline to be able to implement it. And and the stakes are low. I mean, if, if, they, do oh, exactly. make, if they do make a mistake, it's, it's only going to be a one-month-long mistake when... Uh, you know, I get a look at the statement and see if something's gone horribly wrong. Where if it's their own personal credit card statement and they're the only ones looking at it and they don't look at it for two or three months, I mean, the the, the stakes could become very high then and the, the the possibility of recovering from it becomes less and less. Definitely. it's it's it, I, I, think, I think it's something that, I mean, how else do you expect your children to learn about credit cards? It's almost like working with your child, almost like having a joint bank account. You really get to be there for your children and really help them learn life skills that again need to be taught by parents because again like we discussed in earlier episodes aren't taught within the education system well i mean if if someone just hands you a credit card and doesn't really tell you how to use it responsibly how how are we i mean a lot of people just assume it's common sense but by the time you you dig a deep enough hole you know if nobody's taught you how to use a credit card responsibly how you're going to learn by error, trial and error, I guess. Now we're headed over to Reddit where we are going to read a subreddit from the personal finance section by user LM10 entitled, This is Why You Should Use Credit Cards. So LM10 said, Had an experience today that really proves the worth of credit cards and their inherent fraud protection guarantees. Last night at around 5 a.m., my Chase Sapphire car was used for an $800 transaction at a Japanese merchant. The transaction was automatically blocked, and I got a text and an email asking me to confirm. When I woke up, I indicated that I had no idea what this transaction was all about. This morning, I got a call from Chase. They asked me if the transaction was legit. I said, hell no. They immediately canceled my card, no questions asked, and agreed to overnight me a new one with Saturday delivery. Looking at my account, I don't see any mention of the $800 charge anywhere. 
if this was a debit card, I would have lost $800 and would have to had go through a ton of trouble to get my cash back. This is what credit cards are for. Rock solid fraud protection and a layer in front of your bank account. This really echoes exactly what what we're advocating for here, Trevor. Yeah, no, this is a real live case of uh, this happened to somebody. And, and if you read uh, the comments to that post uh, further down in the uh, in the post, there's uh, people are just talking about their own experiences, you know, similar things happening to them. And uh, there's some cases in these posts where people, you know, had a bad experience with a debit card. And the one thing this thing brought to my attention was I forgot that credit cards have these built-in, they sort of, they analyze your trans, oh, they don't, their computer system analyzes your transaction patterns. And when your patterns change, uh, your card may or may not go on hold. So transactions can't go through. And that's what happened here. And I know a lot of people, if you're going to be traveling out of the country, you're supposed to actually call your credit company and tell them, I'm going to be out of the country. And I I remember reading a story where a guy, he wanted to test how how well this worked. And what he did is he, and actually this was on Reddit, I'd I'd read it, and uh, he went and bought, uh, he had two cars, so he went and filled both cars up with gas and went and bought a pair of running shoes. And apparently that froze his card. So imagine somebody stealing a credit card, filling all their friends' cars full of gas, and going and buying a real high-end pair of running shoes. Uh, you know, I, I hate to stereotype or, or, or card people, but that could, you know, that, that was outside of this guy's normal spending activity. So it, though, that's another built-in, um, I mean, it can be inconvenient at times if you, if you are legitimately making a purchase that's outside of your normal transaction patterns and your card gets frozen, that, that can be an annoyance, but it's there to protect you. And honestly, I don't know about you, Trevor, but I will take that all those annoyances over knowing that I'm I'm safe with my money safe and I'm safe and I'll take that. Yeah, I know it's a great safeguard. And and you if you read further down, there's some uh, even more dramatic cases where people have, uh, you know, we're talking thousands of dollars. And I guess if your spending pattern is if you spend a lot of money in your card, then obviously your spending pattern is greater than the the fraudulent activity has to be even greater than that to, to set off the uh, the alert, right? So it's... I and think- for any of our listeners who do want to, to read this subreddit, it has 494 comments right now, which is incredible. We'll have it in our show notes so you can just go check it out yourself and see exactly what we're reading. Over on Reddit, we are looking at a post called Do Your Kids a Favor, Teach Them About Credit, submitted by L.A., P-L-A-N-D-6. And it's on the subreddit Frugal. And it says, I see a lot of questions on subreddit Frugal about credit cards and credit in general. I'm seriously amazed that people can make it to 25 or 30 years old and have no concept of how a credit card works. If you're not teaching your kids to be respectful of all forms of spending and saving, you're doing them a serious disservice. It seems like many people in here have a fear of credit cards, and I'll admit I've been in serious trouble with them, but instilling that fear and ignorance in your kids is the wrong thing to do. Trevor, I cannot agree more about this. I thought it was an incredibly powerful post, and the uh, the comments to this were just, you know, pe- people just went on and on with, with horror stories and great stories about uh, how they've taught their kids or failed to teach their kids about how to use credit cards. Uh, responsibly 
And, and I, again, this, but Trevor, this like really hits home with the article that we, the main article that we read this episode. Yeah, no, it does. And, and it, it, like I said, to, also is it's hard to get by in our society without a credit card. So if you, you're not gonna, you're not gonna be able to do much without one. So you need to learn how to use it responsibly. And again, it's a form of payment. It's not a form of credit. And again, instilling fear in and anyone is never the right way to do. Yeah, credit cards are scary. This, uh, this submission, this person who submitted this post even said that. But I, I, I think if you're afraid of something, you have to face your fears, and you have to make sure your own children don't have those same fears. I think th- that's that's the most you can give them. I want to say to our listeners, um, and if you haven't visited the user form Reddit, it is a fabulous resource. There's things called subreddits where you can go get uh, information on personal finance, uh, frugal, minimalism, all sorts of uh, concepts and topics. And it is it is just a wealth of information. You can ask a question and, and people are just lining up to answer whatever it is you've got on your mind. So I think it's great. And that is it for this week. Send your comments, send your questions, and send anything else you'd like us to cover on this podcast our way to our email address, livelifesimple365 at gmail.com. Or visit our website and you can send us, send us a submission through our contact us form at livelifesimple.ca. Until next week, keep it simple.